0: Are you a current speaker or an attorney, coach, expert, or entrepreneur who's tired of speaking for free or being underpaid? Are you ready to make bank for your brilliance? I have the perfect solution for you, speaker moguls. We create highly paid, sought-after speakers by focusing on teaching you to master the business of professional speaking and building a bankable speaker brand that gets you known and paid. If you're ready to do what it takes for clients to put some respect on your name and pay you your value, you need to join our Speaker Moguls community now. You can join us at speakermogulsgroup.com. Yep, that's speakermoguls with an S, group.com. Let's go get your money. Welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast, where we empower women to own their power, create influence and impact, and live life unapologetically AF. It's time to leverage your expertise, resources, and relationships to build your business, brands, and badassery. So just click subscribe and let's get it. I'm your host, Kelly Charles Collins. Welcome to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast. Listen, you all, I am so excited today because my friend and just a badass woman, Minda hearts is here with us today. And Minda, you don't know this, but you are the first on my actual video podcast because I used to do it audio. So now I have your beautiful face um, hanging out with me here today. So I wanna just tell you a little bit about Minda. And I'm telling you, this does not even cover like, part of who she is, but I'm just giving you a little bit of a background. So she is the CEO of the Memo LLC and an award-winning and best-selling author of The Memo, What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table. If you have not gotten that book, you need to get it. And it does matter if you're a woman of color. If you're not, you need to get the book too. Minda is also a professor at NYU Wagner and hosts a live weekly podcast called Secure the Seat, which you can catch on LinkedIn Mondays at noon Eastern. And in 2020, Minda was named the number one top voice for equity in the workplace by LinkedIn. And her latest book is going to be released in uh, on October 5th. And it is right within how to heal from racial trauma in the workplace. Minda, I'm so excited that you're here.
1: Hey Kelly, happy, always excited when I get to to be in conversation with you. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. And you know, it's so funny. So Minda and I have never met in person, but we have for the past, I guess, two years, have just been, you know, supporting each other. And I've, that's a testament of of women really wanting other women to win, which is what Ladies Who Leverage um, and our podcast is all about. So, Minda, I talked about you being this number one top voice, but I want to go back a little bit because it didn't start out that way for you. So, give give the audience just a little bit about your background and then how we transition into getting to you writing the memo.
1: Yeah, you know, I I wake <laughs> up every day, Kelly, and I'm like, did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> we get here? Um, it, it's crazy because, you know, just like many, many of you listening watching, you have a pain point that you're experiencing and you start to wonder, am I the only person experiencing this? Are other people experiencing this? But because sometimes we don't talk about our pain, uh, workplace pain, we just pretend that everything is good, right? You collect the check and you don't talk about some of the inequalities that you are experiencing. And Long story short, I was experiencing a lot of inequality in the workplace as being the only, only Black woman, only woman of color. And it just got to be overwhelming. And I was experiencing depression, anxiety, all of these things. But I didn't think I could do anything about it, Kelly. And then I realized I was in my car crying. And I realized, you know, if I don't do something, then I leave the workplace worse than I found it, right? And it really was... Um, telling myself a new story about myself, meaning that I have a voice, we all do, we just have to decide how we wanna use it. And it was in that, in my tear, teary state, my lashes were I think on the, on the floor, all of those things. Um, and I realized that I have to do something to make the workplace better for women that look like you know me and Kelly. And it really was just starting, it started all with a newsletter In 2015, every Monday, I was still working my day job. I committed to this newsletter and eventually the newsletter turned into a podcast, turned into a book and now books. (laughs) So, you
0: know, (laughs) books and books and books. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I I think that's so awesome because, and I I love that you said, you know, this started back in 2015 because here we are in 2021, almost 2022. And if people are watching you and see you on LinkedIn and see you on Twitter, they may think that this has just happened, right? That all of this just, you showed up and and this has happened, but this has been a work in progress. And even getting to the memo. So how you say, you know, the newsletters turn into the book, but talk about um, the journey for the memo because everybody wasn't excited about that. And nobody was trying to hear what you had to say about pushing out the memo. Yeah. You know,
1: that's like the wild thing too, is because, just like, you know, he's an unapologetic AF, you know, it's, it was really, I knew that Black and brown women were experiencing this. I knew it because I was experiencing it, right? My, My story was enough for me to say, this is not okay. And when my agent went to go shop the book around to publishers, at the time, there were five major publishers, and four of them said, no, these things aren't happening in the workplace. You know, you're creating more of a problem by, you know, talking about intersectionality and It was really interesting um you know there's a big a a popular book still very popular lean in by cheryl sandberg and you know so many times we kept hearing well cheryl wrote the book we don't need another book and um we just kept pushing and knowing and then eventually uh, one all you need is one sometimes one said yes um you know and 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 the rest was you know history but it's it still took a while even you know because Some of you too might see say, well, I don't have a following, I don't have this, I don't have that. And I didn't have those things either. But as Kelly said, I just kept doing the work, right?
0: Eventually everyone else will catch up with you. (laughs) Just keep doing, keep doing and that's how I met you doing because I always and I, I told you this before, like I don't even remember how I got onto your Twitter but somehow I saw this woman and she was talking about this book and you would just, you just kept saying like, pre-order the book, pre-order the book. And I kept seeing it coming up and I was like, damn, she is not playing. And, it was, it was so wonderful to watch you do that process of just like, listen, I don't know if y'all know who I am and I don't care, but I got <laughs> this book. <laughs> and it's something that people need to know because just as you were saying, they were like, you know, Cheryl Sandberg wrote this book. Yeah, from a white woman's perspective. So let's be real about that, right? And oftentimes they don't want to hear the other side. They don't want to hear it from us because if they hear it from us, They have to acknowledge that it's happening, right? And if you have to acknowledge that it's happening, you gotta do something about it. And they don't want to
1: do that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) That part. (laughs) (laughs) So it's so crazy. So I watched you do that whole thing with with the book and really, you know, just putting it out there and getting people and what was Minda? What was the um the drive for you to just say, listen, I'm going to do this. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm just going to keep going every single day until it really just one. It was like, all of a sudden people got it.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, because I had never been an author before. I had never been in a position where (laughs) I had to sell a product like, like that in that way. I really was just like, I kept questioning myself, a beginning, because to your point, you know, I'm not famous, I didn't have a large following. Um, and I'm like, oh, you know, are people even gonna, you know, why, why would they buy this book? You know, again, the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves, and I said, okay, what's in my control? Like, I'm not going to look at it from what I don't have, I'm going to look at what I do have. And I know that there are others who will resonate with this, let me just do what I'm able to do right? What's in my hand, what's in my sp- level of influence, my sphere of influence. And so it really was just being authentic and saying, hey, this is what it is. And the more I kept pushing, you know, the narrative out there and and trying to, you know, get others to, to see themselves inside of my story too, and to remember those times that have been hard in the workplace, but that doesn't have to be the end of our story. And so many, um, you know, women uh, like yourself, early supporters were like, okay, well, let's see what this is about. You know what I mean? And from there, just being consistent. And I think, um, you know, everybody out there, just look at what you do have and start from there. Again, it doesn't matter who knows you, who doesn't, if it's good work, eventually things will will open up for you. And um, And even if it didn't kelly to be honest if i changed one person's perspective in the workplace that was it right i had no other expectation of how many people can i help can i make the workplace a little bit better and and
0: i, I do believe that the memo is it's doing that in some way yeah. it's a, it's a it's a great book and you know one of the things that i love about you um, and the way that you have gone on this journey is that you have been unapologetic, right? There's no wishy-washy in terms of okay, well, let me dumb it down over here, water it down over here. You're like, no, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I mean, right? And this is what we need to do in order to make it better. Where did that come from? Because I know that that is a scary proposition, especially we're both in the DNI space, and we know that. People aren't always open to that. So where did that come from, Minda, in terms of, listen, this is who I am. I'm going out there. I'm going to say it this way, and you're going to like it or you're not going to like it.
1: Yeah, that's a scary place to go, especially when I look at even who I was five years ago, three years ago, even. Um, I was nervous about talking that way because it wasn't something... And at the end of the day, it's really humanity. Right. I was scared for to to say the things that we don't say out loud, but everybody knows is going on. Right. And so I was nervous because I'm like, who am I to be talking about uh, this stuff? You know, but again, knowing that this is, I can only, I can't speak for everybody, but this is my story. Right. And I'm going to be unapologetic about my story right um, this is how I perceive things to have happened in the workplace and I'm going to talk about it from my perspective right and and I think the ability to do that and I was scared but all of that takes courage and I thought to myself I'm a beneficiary of so many other women's courage who come before me how, who am I going to leave some courage for right and if I put myself out there and talk about these things maybe that will encourage somebody else to say, hey, me, you know, me too, let me shake the table a little bit. And and I'm hoping that the more that women speak their truths, we normalize it and it's not rocking the boat. It's not shaking the table. Yeah. It's, it's normalizing that we all have a voice and we deserve respect and dignity at, at work and outside of work. And that should be table stakes. So for me, it was really just like, you already know what it is to silence yourself. So what, come on over to this other side and let's see what that looks like. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's so important for us to take a stand, right? And I think because you took that stand and you were so unwavering and so unapologetic in there, in that people had no choice but to take notice of you and, and to today still have no choice but to take notice of you. And so when we talk about the memo, for those who um, this is new to them, give us a little bit about why you wrote the memo and what it's about.
1: I I wrote the memo because there are so many business and career books written by white men and women. And so we never get the opportunity, black and brown women, women of color, never get the opportunity to read about our career experiences uh, on the shelves. You know, it's a privilege to be able to go into any bookstore and just randomly pick a book out and know that the person who wrote it has a similar lived experience as you, right? That you see yourself in, in that author. And we don't always get that. And so I really wanted to write a book about how it is for us when we try to lean in, right? When we try to advance um, and we often don't get to talk about the racism that we experience while trying to build our dreams, right? not It's not made very easy. And um, just talking about some of those taboo topics um, of, you know, hair and names and just all of the many sacrifices that black and brown women um, parts that that we take, that we have to endure in the Mm -hmm. workplace. And I really just wanted to give light to say, hey, I see you. I know that you've had, you've been struggling, but it's real. You don't have to question if these things are happening to you, but here's what we do next, you know, and it really is building on this pain to, to trauma, to triumph, really um, how we just make the, the most of it and realize that maybe this isn't the table for us. Right. Maybe we have to build our own or maybe we have to go across the street to this other company, even if it means leaving everything behind for your well-being. And I really just wanted to let, you know, women of color know that you you work this hard, you work too hard to lean out now (laughs) when you you decide to go from here. And lastly, I wrote it, too, for white men and women, anyone who considers himself an ally to say, okay, you say that you want to be a good manager. Well, what does it look like to be a good manager to a diverse team that you manage right when when you do say um a race racial aggression to one of your you know black women and they come to you and talk to you what does that mean for you to listen right. and say okay that might not have been my intention but I apologize right like talking about the things that we don't get to often have those like courageous conversations which you talk a lot about
0: yeah <laughs> and it's so funny you know we are talking about like the table and sometimes you have to be the table right? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you're seeking the right seat or seeking, you know, which table, and sometimes you just have to create the table and just be the table. And so, you know, with you, have you've also now written Right Within, which is How to Heal. What was the transition from going from the memo to your new book, Right Within?
1: Yeah, you know, to be completely honest, um, and I don't know if we've had this conversation, Kelly, but I, never thought that I would write af- another book after the <laughs> like I honestly didn't. You're like, I'm good. <laughs> I thought that, you know, I, I said what I needed to say. I think I helped in some way. And I really thought that that was it. But then I realized that a lot of the emails, a lot of women that I've met over the last couple of years, there, even myself, there was pain still there associated from these terrible experiences that many of us had and are having. Right, and I realized that um, we have to heal from that, right? Yeah. We should have never experienced those um, racial assaults in the workplace, that should have never happened. But then we take that with us from job to job, into life, at home, whatever have you. And what would it look like if we released ourselves from that? And I talk about my journey to, to healing, I'm still healing, right, from, from some of those experiences and knowing that the healing is for us healing is for us you know and i also talk about managers because i feel as though they have a unique they sit in a unique position to make sure that healing can can stay inside the workplace because if you have people who are um causing others harm inside the workplace what are you doing to make sure that we don't normalize that behavior right and so i think that um we can do all the trainings and and those are very important but at the end of the day how are we Right. What is it like for for us when we have to experience that and then finish out the day? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's tough. And I don't think a lot of us have sat with, whoa. if you've been in the workplace 20 years, that's a lot of racial trauma to yeah. endure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, You know, it's so funny because in the, so, you know, you know, I've practiced law, but in the last um, three years of practicing law, which I did in Tampa, I had the worst experiences in terms of microaggressions, outright discrimination. I had white male colleagues like standing over me, yelling in my face in the courthouse, like just total disrespect. And watching other people, other male colleagues, just sit there and watch it happen, right? And nobody say anything. And one said, um, one said, oh, I'm so sorry I missed the show. And I was like, oh, you think it was a show? Well, I don't think it was a show, right? But that's how, you know, I, it, it is so crazy, the things that we experience and we have to contend with, even in higher levels of wherever, right? So some people think, oh, because, you know, maybe you, you, you're not in a, in a profession or, you know, it's because you're at a lower level in terms of, you know, your work. And no, it happens throughout. It doesn't matter how high up you get, it happens. And I think when you wrote the memo, it just opened, right? <laughs> opened the wound for so many to be like, yes, that's me, right? I have experienced that. But like you said, now that that is out in the open and I have to acknowledge and be aware. So it's not even just, you know, non-Black people or non-people of color having to, to really take on, okay, what does this mean and what do we do about it? It's for us, too, who like, okay, yes, this is real. I wasn't crazy, right? I wasn't making stuff up. But how do I, like you said, how do you heal from that to be able to move forward? So I'm so glad that you're writing the other book because- We do need that other piece, right? It's not enough to just open the wound and for everybody to see and be like, yeah, you weren't lying. (laughs) You weren't crazy. But now what do we do about it? We, right? Not them. What do we do about it so that we can heal?
1: Yeah, it's so important. Um, And I think to your point, now that many of us could say, oh, yeah, I was in pain, now what, right? You don't have to stay there. And I think that's like the the piece of it. I think we oftentimes didn't know there was an alternative, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, we experienced this and that's just, it is what it is, right? Um, and I don't want it to be, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. And so now you said you didn't think you would write another book. So you're writing Right Within, but that's not the only book that you're writing, Miss Minda Hartz. <laughs> you're writing another book, which I'm really excited about, because this is for younger women. So talk about the book that you're writing for them and why you decided to write that book. Yeah,
1: but, uh, <laughs> writing two books at the same time is very, very difficult. I will say that first off. <laughs> but second, um, I wrote uh, my, my third book, You Are More Than Magic, comes out in, in 2022, and I I'm just so excited about that book too, Kelly. Because what I also realized, what after writing the memo was that a lot of the things that I talked about, we actually, when you peel it back, some of those experiences didn't happen when we got to corporate America or got to nonprofit or wherever space you're in. It happened in our youth, right? You might have had a teacher who was mistreating you. You know, it might have been hard for you to come to your parents or guardian to have difficult conversations. And I realized that we all needed some different tools to prepare us for who we are today. And I wanted to make sure that our our young girls had the tools to be able to have difficult conversations, how to build their networks at a young age, right? Thinking about even their friend group, right? Sometimes we, and even as adults, we wanna be liked so much that we don't choose the right people to be around, right? Because we just want, and and those sort of things go with us into our adult life. And so I wanted our young girls to be able to have what they need um, at such an important, time in their life so that they can show up for who they need to be when they get to be our age (laughs) yeah
0: and i'm excited about that because i think that's so 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 important um for our young women our young girls to see and to hear it from us right to to not have to to rely on a lean in or some other perspective but really to hear it from us people who have been through it and so we can guide them you know on their way so we're coming to a close but i want to know for you um Minda, what was it like the first time that you saw your book, Um, either, you know, in a bookstore or just, you know, basically just out there in the world where people like, yes, the memo?
1: Yeah, uh, seeing your book on the shelf is definitely surreal. Even two years into this, I get emotional just being like oh my gosh you know like I used to come in here for other people's books now to see my own book is really wild but I think it really hit me right before the pandemic I was um flying at San Francisco International Airport and I just I thought oh my book memo couldn't be at at SFO right but I just went in just to see if it might be there and it was there and I was just so excited to, to be at an airport. Right. Uh, and right. Like, and be like, that's me. That's me, you know, and it just felt so good, um, to have, have that, that moment. And, um, you hold on to it, to it forever, you know? So, and I can't do that without everybody who's, who's bought the book. So thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. And you know, it's, we talk a lot about leverage, right? So it's ladies who leverage and for you, what would you tell people about real, how to leverage their expertise or their resources or their relationships? How important was that for your success and where you are now?
1: Yeah, I, I once heard um, a quote by Ava DuVernay and she said, there's riches in the niches. And that has really been how I have leveraged, um, you know, building content for black and brown women in the workplace uh, because I was hearing, oh, you can't do that, this, this, this but I've actually leveraged, um, Every opportunity to continue to build upon what I originally started talking about right you know and going from the newsletter to the podcast to the books um to speaking all of those things it, I leveraged every single one of them and I still do that and even you know years later when you come on my Twitter or you come on any social you know what I'm about right and I think we all have to double down on that thing right? And remember that um, only you can do it. I mean, just like there's a hundred kickboxing videos out there. There's a hundred workout tapes, but there's always another one that comes out, right? And somebody else is doing it a little bit different than somebody else. And so uh, leverage what you have and don't let anybody uh, tell you that what you have isn't worth
0: leveraging. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I know that you have moved out to LA. So what is next for Minda?
1: yes uh well um sunshine is do, doing my my body good
0: <laughs> so they I know you that. won't make you like <laughs> girl, what
1: is that? Okay. um but you know just continuing uh, like you said, to leverage these opportunities continue to build equity and and help others um, find their voice because again, I can't be the only one talking about this. If we all are talking about this, then we change the workplace. So I'm just going to continue to keep doing the work, Kelly. <laughs> I,
0: and I, I'm and I will continue to support you. you. Know whatever you do, I'm like share. No, gotta go, go over here. I am so proud of you. I am so so proud of you, and you know that I tell you that all the time. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep taking a stand. We've got your back. And so, you know, there's nothing you could do about that. We got you. <laughs> so um, your book, Right Within, is available for pre-order. So you can go on Amazon and get that. And then, Minda, if people wanted to contact you or follow you, how would you like them to connect with you?
1: Yes, follow. hit the follow on LinkedIn, Minda Hearts. And then you can go ahead and um, go over to my website, MindaHearts.com, and you'll find me uh, how, all the ways there. Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, all the things. <laughs>
0: Well, Minda, thank you always for just, you know, being open to coming and chatting with me, whatever I'm doing. You're like, yes, I'll come. Um, So I love it. I can't wait for the new book uh, to come out. I can't wait for the book in 2022. I'm really excited about that. So when we get closer to that, we'll have to chat about that again. I wish you all the best. And for everyone, please continue to um, subscribe to the Ladies Who Leverage podcast, rate and review, share it with the women that you know, share it with the men that you know, but really, you know, we're focused on helping women to live life unapologetically AF. And if you're an entrepreneur or a side hustler and you are looking for a tribe of women who are going to inspire, motivate, um, hold you accountable and just support you in everything that you're doing to uplift you so that you can be the biggest and best badass that you want to be. Come join us in the Ladies Who Leverage community on Facebook. And that's it for now. We'll see you later. Take care. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is brought to you by Lady Lawyer Media. If you're a badass woman who's ready to take action to live life unapologetically AF, then you need to join our global community on Facebook, Ladies Who Leverage. And remember to subscribe to our podcast. And until next time, let's collab-a-source, strategize, and monetize. Are you a current speaker or an attorney, coach, expert, or entrepreneur who's tired of speaking for free or being underpaid? Are you ready to make bank for your brilliance? I have the perfect solution for you, Speaker Moguls. We create highly paid, sought-after speakers by focusing on teaching you to master the business of professional speaking and building a bankable speaker brand that gets you known and paid. If you're ready to do what it takes for clients to put some respect on your name and pay you your value, you need to join our Speaker Moguls community now. You can join us at SpeakerMogulsGroup.com. Yep, that's SpeakerMoguls with an S, Group.com. Let's go get your money.